0: Give us any chance, we'll
1: take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true.
0: Welcome to National End, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I am Lisa Fernandes and...
1: I am Chris Jaiwardna. Hello.
0: And we're here to review the season three episode of the and Shirley Meet Fabian. Directed by Alan Rafkin and written by Paula A. Roth. And I bet you got some facts about them, don't you, Chris?
1: I do. In the case of uh, Paula A. Roth, this was... Uh... It's was not her first Rodeo dodo do, as credited writer. With this episode, we do get to see a lot more work of, her, uh, of hers through the se- uh, series. She was a story editor on much of season two. And uh, by this time, Paula Ross' writing muscles were aching for air. So therefore, she took this episode <laughs> and continued on. She does a few more episodes for season three and continues as a story editor and executive story consultant through 1979. Roughly, kind of roughly, I think around mid- uh, mid-season five, I think. Um, yes. She also continued on to the Love Boat and Happy Days episode and was a a producer on Good Time Girls in 1980. So, well, we'll see her again. We'll get back to that. Um, As for Alan, I mean, it's Alan Rafkin. He's done every episode so far. He's going to continue doing those episodes. I mean, (laughs) what can I say? Look, the guy was still directing into his 70s. His last credit before he died was for a Veronica's Closet episode from 2000, the year 2000. Wow. uh You're cool. anyway that's all that's all i got
0: <laughs> i was gonna mention michael did an episode of good time girls it was one was his very first non-Lenny roles on television huh it was in good time girls and that was right in the middle of where she's running right around season five so and that show is about a bunch of girls in world war ii living in a boarding house So it'd be interesting to see how they manage to reconcile his longish hair with him having been a soldier, because apparently he plays a soldier that's been injured. Hmm.
1: So
0: I have not seen the episode. I want to see the episode. If anybody has a copy, please give us a knock upon our door. We will will be waiting for you. Disclaimer, we don't
1: actually have a shared door.
0: Yeah. Someday. Anyway. (laughs) And this is what the episode is about. During a freezing cold Milwaukee morning, Shirley Nearly dies while waiting in line for Fabian tickets, wanting to have them sell out before she can reach the box office. The boys rescue her body, but not her broken heart, and Laverne tries to do everything within her power to make her best friend feel better. Unfortunately, their usual go-to helpers, Frank and Carmine, have no leads with them. The former producing front row tickets to a Jerry Vale show, the latter having no leads at all. Cue Rosie Greenbaum, who has tickets of her own and lords into a poor vulnerable Shirley. Overhearing their long-time rivals bragging, Laverne promptly lies that Carmine has connected them with a pair of front row seats as well as a pre-show dinner with Fabian. Rosie refuses to believe Laverne, which angers the steadfast Shirley. The two women immediately agree to a bet. Shirley must produce photographic proof that the girls have kissed Fabian on the cheek, the bet's loser having to scrub the winner's floor with a toothbrush. It immediately comes out that Laverne lied, so Shirley comes up with a death-defying scheme which forces the girls to pose as French maids. And hang from the ledge of a fancy hotel's window in the hope of meeting their idol. Will they get to meet Fabian and win the bet with Rosie? So what do you think of this episode?
1: Man, that's a lot of comedy. That's a lot of comedy yes. in this episode. There's a lot of funny things. There's a lot of great character stuff. There's a lot of good physical stuff. Yes. There's a lot of good zingers. There's a lot of good dialogue. And oh my gosh, we get Rosie Grimpom. This this is a yes. good this is a good episode.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. I love every little bit of this episode. (laughs) To be honest, I can't think of anything critical to say about it. I love how every single character is used to further the plot. It's perfect in this episode. Um, You start out with absolute comedy gold of Laverne trying to stay warm as she waits for the heat to come up in the apartment. And she's all bundled up, and she's trying not to burn herself. and She burns her tongue, mm. and the heat finally starts to come up and round the pipes. And then she starts to do a strip tease to the sound of the air coming up.
1: I love that, and I, I think you and I have mentioned about. I think we yeah. brought this some of the show. There's almost a little a mild exhibitionist streak in Laverne, and that definitely. Yes. It's definitely not came mild,
0: out. trust me. Oh. It's not mild, trust me. It gets more pronounced as time goes on.
1: Oh dear. Um, I also yeah. love yeah and I love the I love the deal you can see she's making a peanut butter sandwich because I know that's one thing I do yeah. often if I'm really cold is I'll sometimes try to eat to like you know it's like okay, just get some get some fat on me to like just get a little something um yeah, yeah. and the, <laughs> I love what she you know, and and how she licks the glove and it's like, oh no, yeah. oh oh the texture it's yeah. yeah it's just there's yeah. so that yeah. whole scene has so many details and then it gets yeah. even better as uh. Um, when Edna comes in, you yes. know, and then, um, um, you know, t- talks, you know, was it, uh, the, the whole discussion about Fabian and, you know, the Shirley getting the tickets yeah. and it's like, Oh, you guys are really yeah. gaga for him. It's like, well, Shirley's gaga. I'm just ga <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a great line. I love that Edna's favorite was Cary Grant and Cary Grant was so alive at the time, still handsome at the time. So she's like, how come I get older and he got cuter?
1: Yes. God,
0: so I
1: love. Yeah, I adore that. Yeah. And I love Cary Grant. Grant. Grant was an amazing yes. actor. And man, just oh, he yes. really did have an amazing, like, God, like 35 year career, basically, or a little oh, longer yeah. Than that, practically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was doing stage work all the way through the 70s when he passed away. God. In fact, he did something on the stage, of, if I remember correctly, and then passed away uh, while waiting to go on. Man. If I remember correctly, I'll have to check Wikipedia eventually. But yes, I'm pretty sure that happened that way. I um, I love the detail that Edna is supposed to meet Uncle Fungi, mm-hmm. who is apparently a misogynist, who throws food at women, and Frank used to.
1: <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> oh, God. I broke your father of that habit. I'll break Uncle Fungi, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We never hear how it works out. We hear for her and Frank that it's going to happen. We never hear how it works out.
1: Jeez. Which
0: I would love to know. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. Uh, Uh, I just love all the little details of the girls fangirling. Um, My mom was a huge fangirl, did a lot of stuff for bands. Uh, She was the head of the Beatles fan club in the Rhode Island area when she was younger. She did a ton of fan clubs. She was hugely into Gene Pitney. And hugely into, I think, uh, Bobby Highlands. Mm. Uh, but I, she was so into Gene Pitney that she actually had a nickname from him. He called her Cricket.
1: Oh, Which is sweet, wow. yeah.
0: My mom did a ton of fan club work. A ton of fan club work. So I can relate to the girl's feelings here. I can relate to their shrieking, to their wailing, to their excitement, to their desire to be close to this dude and listen to him sing.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So this is one of those episodes that kind of connects me back to my mom who got me into the show in the first place.
1: Oh yeah, I definitely have, I've yeah. known you long enough. I have seen your, your fa- in text form. At least I've seen your fangirling and it's uh, yes, it is, it is, it is quite epic and well-practiced. I might add well-practiced. Yes. Um,
0: well, Becky shout out to Becky. will say that I actually do squee in real life because we were sitting here on my couch, a watching a Burn Notice episode. And when Bruce came on, I screamed Bruce Campbell came on, I
1: squeezed. <laughs> Aww. Oh, that's adorable.
0: how oh, you in real life. <laughs> it's cute. But yeah, because she came down to visit me at one point for a whole week, and that's one of the things we did. But yeah, that's part of my and part of the things that I have done and will do and probably do until I die. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, it's and, and, you know, and I as much as I was thinking about this before, you know, recording this episode is is like as much as I try to be stoic and cool. I mean, on the inside, I've been starstruck so many times. You know, I I remember when I was a kid, like uh, I was a big fan of ILM and special effects through um, uh, Star Wars because I watched a lot of the behind the scenes of Star Wars. And that was what got me to want to make movies when I was six, seven years old. And. I got to see Dennis Murin give a talk at the Portland creative conference in 1997. And there was a point my dad had to go to a payphone to make a phone call to work. Cause he had a, he had a beeper. So he got beeped. He got a page that uh, something was up. And so he had to go make a phone call. So I'm going with him to the phone booth and I passed by this whole scene area of the lobby of the, Oh God, I can't remember what building this it is. It's the one that's across from the Arlene schnitzer concert hall, I think, wow. or the Keller auditorium. It's around there in Portland and I'm walking by and there's just Dennis Muren having coffee. And I realized in hindsight, I think he was having coffee and a bagel with uh, Will Vinton and, um, And I met Will Vinton a couple times, him and my mom got along really well. And so I had that moment, though, of like my body was like buzzing, like, oh, my God, that's Dennis Murin. Oh, my God, it's Dennis Murin. And, you know, so it's a it's a case of, you know, my my fanboying, my fan, you know, explosions are kind of different. Um, like I know that if uh, the lockdown and the pandemic hadn't blown up, I would have if I had the opportunity to meet John Woo last uh, in April of 2020, which I had tickets for um, yeah. that I probably would have cried <laughs> to be honest, because oh, uh, he is, he is one of my Gosh. absolute heroes, which I know is a terrifying thought never meet your heroes, but it's, but it's still like, it's, I get it. I get it. It's, it's, I always, but I find it the physical expo- explosion of it in this way is always a little, yeah. a, a little amusing to me, but they, I do love how they, it's very cute and very exaggerated but it's ne- and it's never yeah. it never shames them for it it's a yeah and uh i love how he never shames them for the for it either which i thought was really cool
0: yeah yeah it, it kind of tweaks them for like being that extreme but the girls are always that extreme their emotions are always that operatic mm-hmm. so there's yeah. nothing new about it there's nothing shocking about it there's nothing ah, ha, ha ha! look at them being ridiculous about it it's just a part of who they are so it's not shocking that Laverne literally throws herself at him, that surely ends up fainting, all that stuff is absolutely uh, not shocking. My two biggest meetings when it came to like really fangirling out. I met Ric Flair uh, mm. when I was like 14. And he was lovely. He was a lovely gentleman. It was a very nice experience. And I got to speak with him, and now I was like, wow, I'm sitting with Ric Flair, wow. It's kind of that. Jeez, I don't believe this is happening. Moments.
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: was one of my big ones. My other big one was believe it or not, I met Fabio.
1: Huh.
0: Which was an experience. This is before we all knew about his politics and you know. Yeah. You know, the goose smashing into his nose. I was like fourteen, so. Yeah. About fourteen or thirteen around there. So. Yeah. There's actually footage of me having a actual physical reaction (laughs) to him walking by, going (gasps) "Oh, that was (laughs) tiny That was on the news.
1: Oh my god! It was
0: actually on the news, I was like 13, and like, yeah, yeah. When you're a little teenager, that is a moment. Definitely. My mother reacted to this opportunity by taking his calendar flipping it to her month, which happened to be a picture of him standing there with a towel over himself and nothing else, and strolling up to him and making him autograph it.
1: Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was
0: how my mom did that. And he looks at me and goes, oh, my. And she goes, well, you post for it. Eh, and that was my mom. There you mom.
1: go. There you go. My mom. God, your mom was a badass.
0: <laughs> yes, she was. Oh, she
1: my was. gosh. An eternal badass. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And now everybody knows why I am the way I am.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Uh, she made him sign it. So that was great. Oh,
1: God. Yeah.
0: Still over Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, I, yeah. yeah, I think my only, like, pinch me I'm dreaming moment I think I've, I've I can remember a recent memory was about I think it was like in 2008 when uh, Cinematic Titanic was still touring and I got oh. I got to tell Frank Conniff that I was the one guy in the audience that laughed at his vanishing point joke because no oh. no one found that funny there and I, I was like I was like ah I got that and then he's like oh you're the guy
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I interviewed Joe Hodgson I should have mentioned that Yes, yeah. Joel. I interviewed to Joel, and I was dying the entire time. <laughs> and he was so nice to me, and so patient. I didn't get one of his jokes, and I was so sad that I didn't get one of his jokes. Cause I was so uh, Oh, that's I, right. pick up Rem- I remember
1: you messaging me saying you were like more. It's like I didn't get one of his jokes. I'm so mortified right now. Yes, yes,
0: <laughs> yes, yes,
1: yes,
0: yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> He was just one of the nicest guys ever. and He was so sweet. He was so appreciative. Mm. And he didn't need to give me his time, but he gave me his time, and that interview actually worked as a springboard for me. But So I'll always be grateful to him. But that was one of my ha 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 moments. Yeah. Uh, that just reminds me, you know, even the cast has had that kind of, like, fan-person moment. Uh, when Michael was rehearsing for A Mighty Wind, he and Christopher Guest and Harry Schurr, they were all uh, rec- recording in a studio, and Paul McCartney walked in, and he was in shock and could not get words out, which, according to him, is a very much a rarity. So Paul McCartney was listening to them, and he complimented them, and he asked them to play something for him, and they played Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones, which is a part of the movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He said, "I don't know why we're standing there playing a Rolling Stone song for a Beatle."
1: Oh my God!
0: <laughs> and that's wow. what they did. And then, yeah, that was that was his one big fanboy moment. I thought that was a great story.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. And apparently, they got invited into his studio and get to listen to some of his music. And uh, wow. he finished listening to their session.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's 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 wild. And it's weird how it's like it's it's a very like that's why I think it's kind of cool that it shows here is that it's very personal to you because the way they treat Fabian is very casual. It's like if you you get it, you get it. If you don't, that's fine. You see that it's important to them because I mean, I have I mean, I won't go into the details of the story, but when I was working at Best Buy for occasional seasonal for uh, holidays a couple of years ago and And Lisa, uh-huh. Lisa, you know the story. Yes. my yes, one of my favorite Australian directors walks in and we're talking like this is one of my favorite action directors mm-hmm. of all time, and yes. made yes. a connection, friended me on Facebook after that because he's friends with a lot of his fans on there to communicate with them. and oh. I, I I didn't know enough about televisions to, about Sony TVs to sell him anything, but anyway, but just like that was like the yeah, it took me a second and to realize, I'm like, oh my God, I think I know your work.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, kind of oh, yeah.
1: but yeah, um I love that. but that's and that's, that's what i mean is like so cool. it meant something to me like all the people i mean the person i handed off the sale to um didn't yeah. know it was like oh that's cool you know and then me on the yeah. inside i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god the director of Stunt rock <laughs> has, has been in the store that i worked at <laughs> oh, man, that
0: is so cool that was so cool that was so neat come on that so neat
1: but anyway okay. anyway so back on yeah. track to the the episode, though, back yeah, the episode yeah so i mean but this is though, this yeah. is good cuz i mean we're talking about this thematically yeah. and that I, I one of the things i love is we were talking about this passion and the energy of it and man that translates through the entire episode there's not yes. a single scene in this episode that doesn't have that crank to 11 sense of energy and like yes. rhythm like everyone is working their asses off on this Yes,
0: yes exactly uh, the way Everybody's employed, like I said before, is perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way the boys are used as sauce is really, really fun. Like the boys find Shirley outside of Fister Arena, almost dead, frozen, and just like bring her in. And Squiggy gets to go gangway stiff (laughs) fraud. The boys' dialogue is
1: careful. She'll snap.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 And the boys, meanwhile, have their own little side quest. They're trying to get tickets to a midget wrestling tag team match. Mm-hmm. So and they finally get to go and they end up uh, getting backstage and end up getting to hang out with those wrestlers. So they get their own kind of like fanboy moments. So that's kind of fun. Yep. They're to a teeny luau to quote them.
1: Right, right. Oh, that was wonderful. And I love, and I do love that line, the Belushi sisters. Oh, they're so shallow.
0: Yeah. Okay. That has to be a call, uh, a little hint, a little hat tip to the Belushi's, because Penny was definitely friends with them at that point. I
1: mm-hmm. think. That's what I'm figuring. Yeah,
0: that's
1: wonderful. Um, and uh, yeah, and just as you're saying, like just yeah, these little bits, like even like when when Shirley's all upset and um, and Squeaky's trying to comfort her, and it, and I yeah. I find this so emblematic of his of his parentage. It's like there, 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 there. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up, shut up.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And the two of them just like shattering a lamp, trying to get blankets.
1: Right. It's yes. Like, and we, didn't, we break didn't break that lamp. lamp that didn't break that <laughs> lamp that you used to have. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Oh.
0: yes. Yes. And then they got excited to go into the bedroom. Bedroom. The bedroom. <laughs> bedroom. Yep.
1: Uh, perfect palm yep. bite.
0: Ah, uh, perfect palm bite. We get several of these in the season. There's one coming up in the horse show. That's just a like perfectly timed where he just slow motion bites his palm as he realizes he's in the girl's bedroom. <laughs> that's that's really good. Nice. I love the line. We saved your life. That it tells us to see her naked.
1: Yes. And
0: then he really says, I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm kidding, yeah. Oh, and,
1: and, and the physical <laughs> moment of him sliding off the arm of the couch to get yes. away is just perfect. Just the flop, you know, yeah. onto the floor. Oh, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, love yep, it. Yeah.
0: Yep. Michael rolls off of several coffee tables and off of that arm of that couch so many times from, like, I want to say around season, this season all the way through to season six. He's always rolling off of the arm of that couch. And uh, it's, this is problem. one of my favorite examples of doing that.
1: Oh, certainly. Yeah. No, I, I loved it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> God. And then I, I, I adore when you get to uh as we're saying, you know, going through the use of the characters, the way that uh, Frank is used a bit in um yes. in the pizza bowl, you know, the two seats, okay. Yes. And then he gets the <laughs> Oh yeah. God. And I, I
0: All Italian singers sing the same way.
1: Yep. And I said <laughs> I, I also uh, I, I have this 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 note about them being like two 14 year olds begging and begging to pop, which is like it's it's cute. Like the retainers a little bit of their youth. It's like, please, please, pop please, yeah. please, please, please. Yeah. Uh, and I, I also speaking of, you know, I've, I've mentioned these kind of nice little directorial touches that occasionally, you know, pop up in the show and the way in the post production where when Frank yells, cut it out and you hear this. And then, boom, you hear the sound of a strike coming from the bowling alley. And I, yes. I love that little bit of timing. It's 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 a little, it, you know, fully touched that just, mm, just adds a little polish yes. on there. I love Beautiful.
0: it. I just love that in that peaceable scene, there's absolutely no reason for Lenny to be there. And he's there. That's yet another example of that. We saw that in Honeymoon Hotel. And he's there. He's kind of there for almost for a decent reason because he has to facilitate that. And that's exactly what he does. He's the one who comes up with the idea of uh, the girl's Uh, getting kissed on the cheek by Fabian and uh, that being the catalyst Mm -hmm. but he mostly doesn't really need to be there and yeah he's a great addition to the scene
1: yep and I love uh, oh and the other you know it's funny you know he's not in the ep, not really in the episode but Carmine's used over the phone and I love Laverne hanging up the phone and saying you can go back to your lesson and you look at her face and you know exactly what the parenthesis you know the in quotation marks your lesson um yeah which uh
0: widow number 453
1: oh god (laughs) but um anyway yeah like just even like little details like that exactly as you're saying just the way they're used and yeah Yeah. lenny being there i love and of course as you mentioned um uh lenny is super into he's the uh oh god you said this in the tag team wrestling episode about lenny is the uh
0: wife guy without a wife
1: right right um and I am my note here. It's like you know, I mean, he's just super into it. He's rooting for her, and it's like, If yeah. if, if Laverne and Shirley was a fighting game, Lenny would always choose her as the main. That's a Street Fighter yep. Tekken waifu, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, yep, to use, yep, to yep. use
1: the ner- the nerd parlance of our <laughs> yes, times. Yes, yes.
0: Laverne really is basically his waifu. She's kind of the perfect woman in a lot of ways to him. Right. Exactly. He may lust after those like leggy blonde model types, but she is the perfect woman in every other respect.
1: You know, and, and, and the mean, thing is is she's not the traditionally leggy, but she's got the gams. She's yeah. got gams. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he's into it as we establish as time goes on. Mm-hmm
1: um but yeah that was that was but he literally cu- I, says I,
0: in a few episodes that she's the prettiest classiest woman he knows and i'm sorry i cut you off
1: no 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 that's okay no i i was kind of i also was starting to trail off a bit because i got a, a pain no, that's okay i'm gonna turn my freaking phone off it's getting <laughs> it's a pain in the ass right now um <laughs> but yeah no there's there's so much to love about the little the little moments there and i love and i love rosie even though uh, that's a different hairstyle isn't it that's uh
0: yes it is
1: yeah the color seems yes. a little different
0: yeah, she seems a little brassier hair-wise. Um, the outfits even seem kind of different from the last time we saw her. Mm-hmm. She was very, very heavily involved in season two, zero, a lot less than season three, unfortunately.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. you can see the changes. But, uh, um, go, ahead.
1: Do oh, go ahead. I was going to say uh, uh, about Rosie, I love how casual she looks being in the pizza bowl. It's like she can't leave. She feels like she's married up. She's got the brass ring. She's going up. But it's like this is still part of who she is. And as much as yeah, it tries yeah. to be so hoity toity, she yeah. is, and she loves to lure that over people. She's yeah. still from Nap Street. She's still the Nap yeah. Street girl.
0: Yeah. She's still a neighborhood girl. She still eats the pizza bowl. She still has Lenny monkeying around with her car. Mm hmm. <laughs> Which is dangerous. Because as he says, well, I don't know about cars you can fit in a manual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love that.
0: Same. So, uh, I love that um, he, they're trying to set up something get set up on dates. Looking for dates for the midget wrestling match. And Squiggy went down the fish market to get them dates. Which is the most <laughs> random thing I can think of. you <laughs> to try to get dates to go to this match. I also love that little bra snap. There's that had to have been a little impulsive, like, uh, dictation from the director or somebody. Just to go, whoa.
1: Yep. <laughs> just cut snap. Yep. Oh, yep. man.
0: In season four, he does something similar where he takes a cold mug of beer and puts it on the back of Laverne's neck, and she spins around and goes, Lenny! <laughs> and it's just... Great. Well, it makes a stupid sound. So it's like... The two of them being more
1: kids, mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm.
0: Just
1: fun gosh so so then that kind of moves us, I guess directly yes. in timeline wise to the bet, and yes. I, I you know, as we we're saying, it's great that Lenny's there to kind of help provide the picture of them kissing him on the cheek, yep. and I love yep. the sync that very Howard Hoxian thing where they're arguing and fighting and this and this and this, and then it's a bet, and they shake hands. Yes. And it just reminds me because you know there's there's a, you actually can hear uh, there's an interview sample with Howard Hawks where he talks about how he developed that style for like his Girl Friday, um, yeah, as a technique that became very common in a lot of his films. Um, and there's there's many others that utilized it. I think Wilder used it a bit, and um, it's I just I love that touch. This is a very this this is one of the episodes of season three, and there's a few more that are before it, a few more that yeah. come after it that have that very like thirties to mid fifties era comedy sort of vibe, which, which I really adore. Like it, 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 it was cool. It wasn't contemporary for a cinematic comedy for the time, but it's to me now, yeah. you know, many decades later, it's, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's timeless to me and I adore it.
0: Same. Absolutely. Same. It's God, everything about the way they set it up is perfect. I love Shirley deciding just to go. She sticks out her chest and she goes, if you've got one, already uh, Rosie having a toothbrush. Because And that is so rare for her. That is so rare for her. She so rarely gets to have that kind of sass and fire in her belly when it comes to standing up to someone. And she just, you know, is ready to finally eviscerate this woman after playing nice with her for basically a season. And uh, basically the whole season, basically all season two, she's trying to be nice to Rose because Rose is going to help her climb the ladder just like Rose did herself. But this time, she's done. She does not want to be nice to this woman anymore. She is going to kick her in the patootie for daring to suggest that her best friend lied. And it is fabulous. It's just fabulous. She finally has enough of Rosie kicking the vermin teeth.
1: Mm-hmm. It's marvelous. They're gonna win, win this best. And I, and you know, she's yeah. got the insidious plot. And I, what I think is interesting about surely coming up with this scheme and we're, we're starting to see, I notice in season three, yeah. the development of Shirley like the desperation with time. I think that it's like, okay, yeah. now I'm getting a little older now and I'm reaching the point that I'm like in my twenties and I'm not getting where I want to be in life is making her start to do things a little more drastic. And as well as we've yeah. said about her being this control freak, she's she has to control the narrative. She has to build this narrative yeah. of, all right, we're going to do this plan that we're going to sneak in yeah, we're going to get the hotel a- attendant outfits, and they're going to use yeah. French accents so that people don't question <laughs> too much. And. Yeah.
0: Uh, Maurice Chevalier! <laughs> Eiffel Tower!
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: My note on this plot twist is what movie did Shirley get this scheme from? Yeah. Now, I, I could picture her just seeing this during an afternoon matinee, yes. or seeing it during an afternoon movie on TV. We, it's established that she watches those romance movies. Mm-hmm. She's going, hey, Paris, Paris accents. I'll fall in love with him while I'm wearing a French maid's uniform. You just see the wheels clicking in her head. That comes to the, uh, certain things when it comes to this plot. All she wants is to win the bat, but maybe she's thinking about, I get to touch Fabian as well. So, While we're mentioning her drive, when Shirley finds out that Laverne lied to her, she basically goes right for the jugular. She oh, almost stabs yes. her right in the pizza bowl in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And wow. That is as angry as she has been in seasons. When they had a huge fight over that dude in the pact, she was not this angry. That is pure fury. Mm-hmm. That is pure fury.
1: That That is, that let... is uh, crimes of passion are a- coming.
0: Yep. The way Cindy sells that is magnificence.
1: Oh, absolutely! Utterly
0: magnificent. She is just eh, 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 eh full on Norman Bates psycho moments. Full on Norman Bates psycho moments. <laughs> uh.
1: and, and that's what I wonder is you know as we're saying just the energy of these episodes. i and this episode in particular, I wonder how much this was you know being developed through the. Um, the rehearsal process and seeing how yeah. people's energy was going up and then trying to match it, you know, and just trying to go yeah. higher and higher and higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: you can see how they might have blocked it off, how they might have rehearsed it, how they might have positioned and repositioned themselves, trying to figure out what works best. But that was a nice little bit of intensity that really sells Definitely stakes that we're dealing with here.
1: Also, can we, so as we're moving into now the major set piece at the hotel, um, yes those outfits. I mean, I adore yeah. them for, for obvious reasons. Um, but my God, they are silly. And
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're very almost the kind of thing you would buy at Frederick's of Hollywood to entice your uh, straying husband. <laughs> aren't they? Uh. More leg, more nylons.
1: Are you married to Ed O'Brien? Is he thinking about possibly dating Ida Lupino? Then come to Fredericks of Hollywood and get, us a, get yourself an, a, a, a monogrammed L on it uh, French made uh, hotel attendant outfit. Comes with a special French accent instruction gag.
0: <laughs> Teenage maids, spelled nine months of cleaning the beds.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Oh.
0: oh
1: God! But yeah, no, the outfits were cute. I love yes. Uh, yes. Laverne's uh, leg LA kicks. I mean, does the the wham wham It's like it's yeah. so yeah. exaggerated. Like it's like, look at my, yeah. stockings, look at my yeah. stockings. Look at my stockings.
0: Look at my stockings. I love how they approach this. Well, live, we'll meet Fabian. Then we'll get arrested.
1: Yes. I mean,
0: it's the only thing they can do at this point. Mm-hmm. They are not going to scrub those floors with that toothbrush. Mm-hmm. If they can, if they can stop the world they will do it they are going to meet this goal yep uh i love the physical comedy implied during the window ledge stunts
1: oh my gosh
0: this is another one of the very early examples of them doing physical comedy doing stunt work themselves and literally like almost hanging out in the middle of the air and You know there's crash pads underneath I mean, them, but from the way they film it, it's perfect. It's just perfect. It's beautifully done, beautifully done. Uh, top and, ten. And that all being... top ten.
1: I was just going to quickly say that uh, crash pads are not. Um, there's times when Penny's hanging off the thing at a certain angles that crash pads are not going to take care of all the damage. Yeah. That it's not going to mitigate everything. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. th- there's there are some angles you can still fall into those things and get hurt. So, okay. I mean, it's it's still it's still risky and it's still gutsy and just again, just kudos that they went for it and um, they pulled it off and they're okay.
0: The most amazing thing about the show is no one got seriously injured while they were filming it. And if you consider the physicality of it, if you consider the stunts they did, the fact that they did not employ stunt people, it's almost mind boggling that nobody got really seriously injured. Agreed. Uh, I think I told the story that the most serious injury that happened happened in the season eight episode. Yeah,
1: like, you did. Did yeah. I tell that on there? Yeah, you, I did. You did.
0: Okay. So yep. I won't bother to do it again. Okay. But yeah. Um, it's an amazingly physical show and it is incredibly impressive that everyone came out of it fully into that. And they really did. They thrived. And jeez, can you imagine doing half of what they had to do?
1: I I honestly can't. I mean, admittedly, I'm a bit of a big dude, but even then there's, there's certain, because of some health issues from when I was born, I have some flexibility problems with my hips. So yeah, there's some of that balancing and grappling. That's just like, Oh boy. Um,
0: I I don't know how they made it. Sometimes sometimes I really don't know how they made it. When we get to season four and you get to see some of the things they did, your jaw is going to be on the floor.
1: Nice. I'm I'm excited.
0: will probably be on your knees.
1: So, before we get too far into the uh the hotel stuff i did have two comments um for the two actors the bit players here ken lerner as the sure. assistant pete um yes. so interesting thing is ken lerner he has an interesting history yes he was here uh he was in happy days as uh as rocco yes. barufi and malachi either rocco i guess he was him
0: oh yeah one of the Malachi brothers
1: so he's still working today um,
0: oh really? that new series,
1: it's a new series, a new crime series called Gravesend, uh, or Gravesend, yeah. uh, just showed up recently. I guess, I think you can watch it on prime. I think is what I was seeing on IMDb, yeah. but, um, yeah, it looks like he's on that. I didn't see him in the trailer, but he's, he gets high, kind of high-ish billing. Uh, nineties nerds may cool. remember him as uh, principal Flutie on the first season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, oh. he's also another of those <laughs> actors that when you, You look at his photos through the years, he looks completely different, all these different ages in his life, which is I find terribly amusing.
0: That's so cool.
1: The other one is the bellboy, the guy who comes in with his little tune and the punchline of, oh, excuse me, I see you, and you're both going to be arrested. Um, (laughs) So that is Fred Fox Jr., who wrote, excuse me, may I cut in, in addition to 29 episodes of Happy Days. and. uh, And then also wrote 38 episodes of uh, or has writing credit on 38 episodes of Family Matters, which uh, oh. is another there's another Laverne and Shirley alum connection, but we'll we'll get to that in another episode. Um, so cool. And he also I think as I, I think I mentioned this on the Excuse Me, May I Cut In episode. He also was the creator of My Secret Identity, which was uh, Jerry O'Connell's oh. big break in the 80s. Oh, that's
0: really neat. That is cool. I had no idea that was him. That is so Cool.
1: It's one of those things. That if you don't, if you don't pay attention to the credits, then you miss this kind of stuff. So that was a cool yes, little discovery.
0: Uh, there's something hilarious about the girls fangirling hard over Fabian, and we're supposed to pretend it's the 1950s, and he's 20ish, and he is clearly 40 here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I remember you mentioning that when we were getting ready to watch yeah. the it's 70s Fabian, it's not 50s Fabian.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and he's so clearly lounge lizard vegasy fabian and it's so funny to me for some reason because we're supposed to see him as this young ricky nelson-ish handsome at least still handsome he's still handsome as an older man i'm gonna say that um but we're supposed to see him as this younger dude and he's just standing there his 40-ish self the dichotomy is just hilarious really really think about mm-hmm. it yeah. I love, like I said before their intense fangirling is so fabulous. It's just so, so, so fabulous. Just, I think every single person who has ever had a thing for a celebrity has had those feelings. They have not gone that far and acted them out that way but they've had those feelings.
1: Right. So no i a, i I, I suspect i suspect the same you know it's a yes. it's definitely there is a feeling uh, on the note of the fangirling i love uh like the, when uh he says all right so uh all right get on the bed and laverne goes all the way up to the pillows and is like <laughs> it's like hello and so body that's
0: my and, girl and
1: his re- and i love his um his reaction to it as well is like, uh-uh, and he rolls his finger at her, like, come on back over. Oh, it was great. <laughs> and, uh, and I love the whole, like, are you coming to my concert? And they're just, they're bawling and babbling. And oh, that's a dick is, yep. <laughs> they were sold out. And, oh, nice. uh, and then they, and then I love how they're bawling until like, you know, like two little kids getting the lollipop. It's like, whoop, there's the backstage passes and boop. Everything's yep. okay. Uh, yep. that was good. Yep,
0: yep, yep, yep. That's right. It was such a nice, it's a nice little capper. They deserve it. They did. They deserve it after everything they've been through. They deserve it. Yeah,
1: you know, it's it's they nice they didn't they it. didn't get the fuzzy end of the lollipop.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah. Levert tried to slip him her number. Of
1: mm-hmm. course, of course.
0: That's pure her. Just pure her.
1: So then, that does yeah. that get us then into the uh, the tag scene? I, there's a, the there's an
0: incredible tag scene, which I love. Yes.
1: yes. I, have, I have a note about... You, you go ahead and you cover the tag scene. Because I, I know you had strong, passionate feelings about this.
0: The boys and the girls are playing Monopoly together. Do you know how much money I would pay for an entire episode of the four of them playing Monopoly together? Mm-hmm. So much. So much. Because it would be hilarious. It would be so funny.
1: And I love the detail that Shirley is doing the moves for Squiggy because I think he has trouble counting. So she's saying, you count the moves. One, two, three, four. And she's moving his piece for him. That is adorable and hilarious and silly. And I love it.
0: It's sweet, yeah. And you can see um, the way they're all paying attention to each other's stories. The girls pay attention to the middle luau story, even though Shirley doesn't want Levert to encourage them.
1: Mm-hmm. but she right.
0: wants to know all those details yeah and Lenny being super amused that laverne slipped fabian her number mm-hmm. and uh the four of them all being very into this game and then the ultimate revelation that rosie is in the bathroom scrubbing there scrubbing everything with her toothbrush
1: oh her god and i love she's still wearing the uh the same outfit yeah. that she had yeah, in the pizza.
0: yeah. I was going to say, that is the best made outfit ever.
1: Yes. With her little
0: silver stars and her black top. I lovely
1: God. And I also noticed, I had to double check this, there's a crane shot as the camera moves yeah. back at the end of the episode. And yeah, it is. And you never see crane shots in this show. So that yeah. was really cool. That that made me feel, it was like, whoa, art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's no, you know... Heaven's Gate or Barry Lyndon or anything but hey it's something uh, oh. I'm pretty
0: sure this is the last we see of Rosie until the episode whatever happened to class 56 pretty
1: sure oh no I'm pretty sure this oh, is the no. Oh, oh no oh uh, Rosie oh no future me for the yeah. YouTube version can you put a picture of we'll we'll see you later Rosie, Rosie Greenbaum thank you yes thank you
0: future thank Chris you. please do that okay but salute to Carol White for being amazing salute to Rosie for being a great antagonist mm-hmm my favorite foil ever. The Laverne, my favorite side character in this entire show. So, yeah. I think that is indeed the last of Rosie. Until, Bummer. Until the series moves to season seven, and then we do the high school classroom next. So,
1: Interesting. Wow.
0: you get but.
1: but anyways, I guess, um, but yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up sort of at least my main notes for this episode. Um yeah. Oh, wait, I did have... Oh, no, I covered both The, the address, Ken Lerner and Fred Fox Jr. No, we're yes. good. We're good. We're good. I could go into Fabian's career, but it's not as interesting. To me, anyway. It yeah. does, it, look, it doesn't get me adjacent to film movie, refer- to movie references. So I... <laughs> I have a lane, people. I have a lane. <laughs>
0: hey. I was going to say, I wonder what the heck Fabian ended up doing.
1: Okay, two, uh, two, two shakes. I, I'll I'll look it up. I'll look I'll look it up. Say, oh, I, I'm I,
0: imagine I, I'm pretty sure he did Vegas.
1: Nope, it does not look like he. Well, I mean, as a as a performer, probably, but yeah. Let's say for television, yeah. um, he just kind of did bits here and there. Yeah, Hi, he was on Fancy Island in
0: 1980. Yes, almost everybody was on Fancy Island and on the Love book kids. Look her up.
1: So I love American style as well in '73. Oh boy. Oh God, it was in Devil's Eight. I think I've seen that. Hang on. Yep, I think I'm seeing this, or I have it in my collection somewhere. Yep. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so I think that kind of that kind of covers um, the majority of this episode. But uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm going to go back through if there was anything else. I did want, let, want to mention one thing um, in terms of you know quality stuff, and this is it's a sweet note to end on. I really enjoyed when they come back down and they finally get themselves off from hanging from certain doom and it's the, I love you. I love you. When they get Laverne down, that was, that, yeah. that was very, I liked how real that was because it helped give some weight to the stunt, even though it's obviously yeah. on the stage, you know, and it gave some weight mm-hmm. to the, um, to the moment as well.
0: Yeah, It's so sweet. Yeah. Those girls love one another. Yeah. Uh, at one point in season five, there is an episode where Laverne thinks Shirley has died. That's also going to happen in Shirley's operation. we will get there soon. Uh, Shirley, and Laverne goes on the war path. She goes on the war path. Mm. She goes on a roaring rampage of revenge. Mm. You do not mess with her, girl. Wow. You do not mess with her, girl. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. i get there.
1: Yeah. Anywho, um, I guess so. We're up to ranking this, yeah? Yes, we are. Hmm. For me,
0: this is a solid 9. This is like a 9.8. This is very close to a 10. Actually, no, I might as well just go with a 10 for this one. I really can't think of any flaws it has. Um, I think that every little bit of it works, everything everybody is given to do flows to the whole heart of the episode. The boys are used perfectly as season here. Uh, Rosie is a wonderful antagonist. Uh, this is how to do a guest star episode correctly. This is how to weave a celebrity into your TV show in a way that's not obtrusive. Uh, there are plenty plenty of better examples of this trope like The Simpsons did it very well like before a car crashed off the edge of the cliff. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, different ways you can do this, but for a show like Vern and Shirley, this is a pretty decent way to weave a celebrity into your episode. There was an awful example coming, I think in season seven, I'm going to check really quickly because I am almost hundred percent sure that it is season So yes, it is season seven where they introduce a celebrity. It absolutely doesn't work. And it's not funny at all, uh, but the celebrity is supposed to be seen as the moral center of reason of this gang of friends who have known one another forever. And it just flatlines. It's like fanfic written by this actor for this episode. It's not good. We'll get there eventually. I'll tell you the name of the celebrity once we uh, get off the park. Okay. In between episodes, but it doesn't work, and this one does, because it knows how to use Fabian, and it knows how to play into his strengths as an actor. So, I hear you. That's my ranking. It's a solid ten.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a uh, with a nine. Um couple of the only couple of weaknesses, I mean, these are nitpicks mostly, is that the uh, older Fabian does kind of lessen it for me, although I, I agree it also wouldn't be the same without him. He clearly understands yeah. dealing with fans and it plays off very naturally the way an actor would have a lot of difficulty mimicking. Um, yeah. Fred Fox being a bit anachronistic in his body language and his hair took me out of things a little bit and his mustache. Oh, yeah, that like musta- that yeah. mustache. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, future me, can you bleep that? Thank you. Um,
0: <laughs> Effing
1: Yeah. Like those, those little, there was very little nitpicky things, but that said, I mean, I agree. Like there were so many delights through this episode. There's so many parts I laughed. I, I smiled constantly. I mean, it was so enjoyable throughout. So it was, it was very fun and very uh, 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 it was, there was a lot to like about it. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's um, I have to say like of this season, this is definitely when you can combine all the different factors together. It's one of my favorites of the season so far. Yeah
0: it's really, I think that's it for us.
1: I think it is. Wow that that was a little longer than I expected, but uh, yeah. But but hey, you know, it's uh, we had a we had a lot of feels to get out here. Anyway, you uh, thank you again, everyone, so much for joining us for night after night. And uh, if you'd like to know more, please join us on social media. We can be found at Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, and WordPress. We also can be found at Night After Night PC. And if you would like to leave us a direct line at nightafternightpod at gmail.com, you can send us direct comments or questions or any sort of things like that. And, um, and then as well, uh, there's a Patreon as well, if you would like to uh, give us, kick us a little bit of support, and we would always appreciate that. And we hope that you all have a wonderful day, and thank you again for joining us. Now, um, I, I, I'm looking at my list here. I th- did, did we cover a stakeout episode before, Lisa? Why does it say we have a stakeout next week?
0: As the fbi descend upon knap street two agents use the girl's department to spy on their next door neighbor it turns out that he might have a connection to carmine so the girls are stuck between trying to help the law and trying to help shirley's man in the stakeout
1: excellent well we'll be sure to figure out what's uh that's all going to be like we hope you uh will join us too Sounds like it's gonna be a good one, and my gosh, are they are they gonna finally figure out whether to make Carmine a gangster or not?
0: God, that's gonna take episodes and episodes and episodes. It doesn't happen until around season five. But it's little hints and little wood probes until
1: then. I, I I was making a facetious joke. I wasn't actually expecting no, an answer.
0: There's an entire episode where he works for a collector.
1: Oh nap. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm I yeah. might I might actually have to pay attention to this man.
0: <laughs> See you hate him less <laughs> as the show goes on. All
1: right, well, thank you again everybody. I hope you join us for next yes. time.
0: Yes. Join us next week.